0: I'm so glad you've joined us. My name is Sharon Fekety, the host of the Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. So we are all on this broken road together, everybody. We are under construction and we're going to go through this together. One of the reasons I decided to create this podcast was because the only way to normalize this conversation about mental health is continue to have it. So you will be hearing from some very special people on this podcast, people that have lost loved ones to suicide or overdose, uh, mental health professionals, people that are trudging the road through recovery right now as we speak, people that are on the other side and offering tips to all of us that are still under construction. Thank you for joining us. and welcome to the Broken Road to Mental Health Podcast show. I'm always excited to talk to these beautiful young sober women that have branched out and been, I don't know, like you guys have some balls. You like to TikTok and Instagram reels and it's fun and it's exciting and I'm just super jelly that I'm old AF and that a younger generation is killing it. Yeah, jelly. I'm proud. I'm so super proud. So today we have Haley Deakel, who is a coach and a podcast host. She's going to tell you all about that in this interview, um, helping sober curious women. So welcome to the show, Haley.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love getting the opportunity to share my story, share my experience, and hopefully help other people who are kind of in a similar situation to where I once was. So Yes.
0: So always the goal, I say this often, if I'm asked to speak or be interviewed, the goal is always to just try to help one person. And if that is what we accomplished today, then we have done our job, Haley.
1: Yes, we have. I love that.
0: So tell me um, a little bit about your background and how you decided to emerge into the the social and podcasting world to, to become this woman helping sober curious women.
1: Yeah, so really for me, it started with sharing about health and fitness and workouts through social media. That's where I got started. I mean, I've used social media my entire life growing up, like MySpace, Facebook, all of that. How old
0: are
1: um, you? I am 29. I almost <laughs>
0: forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question the coffee or heart. Okay, great. So you <laughs> started in my space. How, how interesting.
1: Yeah. And so really for me, it was back in November of 2018 that I quit drinking. And I had been sharing about my workouts and kind of my lifestyle at that point. But when I decided to stop drinking, After about six months of navigating my life alcohol-free, I realized that that was really a piece of my story that I wanted to share with other people because Mm -hmm. the only reason that I found the confidence or really even kind of the validation and the permission to quit drinking was because of something that I had seen somebody else sharing online. So I realized that this was a way that I could break down some barriers and and share my experience and hopefully help other people who were going through some of the similar feelings that I did when I was drinking. So it started with health and fitness and it quickly involved to sharing about my alcohol-free lifestyle and being sober curious. And I mean, it's evolved over time even more like that sharing about being alcohol-free is like my main focus now. I definitely say that that's my niche over health and fitness, Um, but that's, that's how it got started.
0: I love it. So okay, Haley, let's break it down here. So now you said my space and I was just watching you on TikTok. So we've really evolved through the years, right? Really, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that long ago. And ironically, right before um I logged on to record you today, I saw a TikTok with Dane Cook.
1: You remember him? Yep. Comedian.
0: Did you know that his brother like stole millions of dollars from him?
1: I had no clue.
0: Okay, so. I can't wait to learn more after this show. (laughs) But I've always wondered how people go from being so big on one platform and then moving along to um, not being even somebody that we would even hear about anymore, right? I mean, he just kind of disappeared. I mean, I went to see him in Tampa many years ago. And then it's like, who's Dan Cook? So um, that was just a little like Sharon ADHD move that just kind of happened in the middle of the interview. What I really want to ask you about is, so you stopped drinking in 2018 and you did it, I would assume not the way I did it, which was to come. I, I mean, I went to two rehabs. I had to go to a halfway house. I was in and out of therapy and Then I joined a 12 step recovery program that I'm still a part of, but, but it didn't go that way for you. So can you just enlighten me and the audience a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So really for me, the kind of support that I got was probably pretty similar to the support that you maybe got with AA in the fact that I had joined a private Facebook group with Mm -hmm. a coach that I had connected with. And I just kind of started a sobriety
0: coach. I'm sorry to interrupt, Haley.
1: Yeah. So okay. her name is Amanda Kuda. And I always recommend that people check her out. She was the first person that really introduced me to the idea of giving up alcohol, even if you don't identify with the label an alcoholic. Sure. And it's not something I had ever really considered. You know, my dad grew up battling addiction. So I saw him go to rehab. I saw him relapse. I saw him go to detox and really just struggle with all of that. But the way that I was drinking was very socially acceptable. It's the way that most of my friends drank and I couldn't, I couldn't see myself going to sit down in an AA meeting to stop drinking, but I just, I didn't like what was happening. And so I knew that I needed to make a change and I was just talking to my husband about this last night, actually, because he was at a golf tournament where he kind of got peer pressured into drinking and he didn't really have like the finite, like, no, I don't drink to kind of keep him away from getting peer pressured into it. And that's something that I knew that I needed because I Mm. am somebody who identifies as a people pleaser and I give into peer pressure. So when I woke up hungover one morning, I just knew that I needed to make like a final decision, get rid of alcohol, even though I didn't feel like I was a quote unquote alcoholic. Mm. So what I did is I joined this private Facebook group with somebody I saw sharing about it online. And I just kind of lurked on that page. Um, <laughs> I love
0: that you said that you're a lurker. That's yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I do remember when I first kind of introduced myself in there and talking about some of the things that I was struggling with. And one of the biggest things I struggled with was what I thought people were going to think about me. Mm -hmm. And maybe they thought that I had just got out of rehab or I was somebody who was waking up in the morning drinking. And you know, I had to do a lot of work to kind of break down that stigma. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, I just, I felt scared of people having that idea and that impression of me in the beginning. So, um, I joined that private Facebook group and really that was the kickstart for me. And then it was just kind of navigating my life, moving forward, getting the support that I needed. So I had later joined Amanda in like a 30 day alcohol freedom group that she did, which was live video calls where we kind of talked about things in a group, in a group setting which is very similar, I'm sure to AA. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've read a lot of what they call quit lit books. So books like quit like a woman, this naked mind, alcohol lied to me. And I just really started to get kind of more educated on alcohol. And it helped me just dive deeper into why I was drinking and really just kind of all of that. And it helped me kind of build that confidence. So Definitely connecting with other people's stories, getting support where I needed, and then eventually sharing about my story as well.
0: Oof, man, I want to unpack the hell out of this, Haley. Okay, so I remember, and I've probably said this to every Jenna and Bale, everybody, Um, I didn't, you know, I was 21, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it just became legal to drink. I didn't want, I didn't want to go to a 12-step recovery group with 80-year-olds, you know, that drank coffee and I didn't even drink coffee. Like I, I did not want to go. Um, and out of respect, of course, I will say it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Just like the way that you got, you will always have this tremendous heartfelt connection to that group, to that recovery coach, because it's what, you know, I would assume saved your life. Right. Yep. Absolutely. so, but what I've had these open kind of discussions, which I've been loving having with, with young women is that there was no choice for me, right? And today we have so many choices, mm-hmm. but um, I, love to, I love to be really candid and transparent about the things that might not be very popular. Because I remember the day that I read the Russell Brand book, um, Recovery. Did you read that book?
1: I haven't read it, no, but I have had it suggested to me.
0: Such a great book because
1: based on the fact that he's
0: so funny, listening to it on Audible, I don't read anything, I listen to everything. And I was so disgusted that he was talking about our sacred program and just... Oops, there goes the mic, and then just takes it and is what I thought at the time was like just biting off it, saying that it was his own. So I have since, you know, <laughs> grown from that moment. But that is my truth. I even wrote about that in my book because I have had young women come into um, my program and say things like, "I just wish they would modernize it." <laughs> Or I would, you know, I wish that there was a different way of going about this. And I used to take offense to it Mm -hmm. because it's been such a personal journey. And it wasn't very popular now that I was 25 years sober at the time when I released my book, that I was going to write about my sobriety, my recovery, because in my, it's always been very anonymous. So this, what we're doing today is literally the complete opposite of anonymity. Yeah, it is. Right, So it was a very different, uh, it was very difficult for me. I will tell you that, Haley. It was very difficult for me. And I think that this is going to help people that might be struggling either inside of the rooms of recovery or outside. It doesn't actually matter what helps you as long as you're getting help. Yes. And more of that was revealed to me before I found you wonderful girls on Instagram and podcast. I started listening to these groups on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, there's a whole world outside of my recovery happening to a generation like yours that is just the best thing that I feel like could have happened. So as I've asked this question, it's kind of uncomfortable for me to ask sometimes, but I think it's, um, it's telling for people that might be struggling with either there's only one way that works is like, you went into, you had this group, this Facebook group, but you also have this coach. So do you have continuous work on self? Because some people think, or I believe it's not just about putting down the drink. There's so much more to it than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the work is definitely continuous and I am constantly reading books and always ordering new books that, can, I can kind of connect with on the side of not drinking, or maybe their stories. Like, I just finished a book called Blackout by Sarah Hapola. Mm. And I think for me, That's kind of the continued work that I do because it is a constant reminder of why I'm making the choice not to drink, Mm -hmm. but it's also really nice to know that I am not alone in those things that I did experience. And I also recently just started going to therapy. Um, Yeah. So it's, (laughs) I know that there's still a lot for me to unpack because Mm -hmm. I never really worked through the 12 steps. To be Mm -hmm. honest, I don't even know what the 12 steps are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's definitely still some like lingering guilt, lingering shame and things that I haven't dealt with that I know that I need to deal with moving forward if I'm going to be my best, most authentic, most confident self. So it's definitely, yeah, every single day I am kind of taking action and really doing what I can to support my choice not to drink but I'm also just kind of living my life you know beyond alcohol too so yeah it's never really finished but it does yeah. get better so
0: well I love that because um I've read every single book and I'm consistently reading and every book that you have dropped I'm I'm like in my head thinking I got to write this down but I could just listen back <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> links in the actual show notes because I can't get enough, right? I, I can't get enough information about how to improve, how to become more self-aware, how um, the work that we're doing today can help somebody else. Um, but also there's this, there's this magical thing happens when you are sober longer <laughs> that you really, you become more aware, you become more vigilant about, like you mentioned, getting more help. And and bravo to you for going back to therapy. I too went back to therapy after many, many years. And at first, honestly, I did it because I was so sick and tired of people thinking there was such a stigma attached to it that I would start being pro-therapy. That I would mm-hmm. like today I do a story if I'm walking into my therapist's office. So, you know, even though I'm 27 years sober, that doesn't mean that the work stops. Yeah. Right. We don't just stop drinking and then all of a sudden we're fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. there. I mean, there are so many reasons that we drank in the first place. And for me, it's been like uncovering all of those things and realizing where I am uncomfortable in who I am or my life and just trying to improve those things so I don't have to cope with something like alcohol to to get
0: through it. Yeah. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. So, they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So, don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. So, let's talk about. So, I mentioned before I hit record that I went on your TikTok and I saw that awesome video of you and your husband. So is it true that you blacked out on your wedding night?
1: yes, I did I got blackout drunk um, I don't remember leaving my wedding I don't remember a very big chunk of the evening and that wasn't my final straw that was in 2015 and I didn't quit drinking until 2018 so
0: so I love your husband okay keep he, going
1: no it's so funny he's like do you want me to be on your TikTok? He's like, do you want to go viral? It's so (laughs) funny because I swear that video just like took off and it was something so simple and so little that I didn't realize was going to take off. But something I've realized is every time I share about my experience getting blacked out drunk at my wedding, it seems to really hit home with people. But I also think, I think it's interesting because I think it hits home with people who still drink and kind of look at blacking out is this sign of a good time. There are so many comments on that video from people like, if this isn't me at my wedding, I don't want it. Or like just weird things that people think that this was like this like great moment. Whereas I'm dealing with this like shame and regret and embarrassment about it. And Mm -hmm. You know, your wedding is something you spend years planning and you invite all of these people to, and you spend so much money on. And I remember waking up that next morning and just being like, wow, mm-hmm. like, I'm so upset that this happened and just so many things I don't remember. So yeah, I got blackout drunk. I mean, everybody told me it was like, I was so fun. <laughs>
0: and that- If only I mean, you could that, remember-
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's something I definitely experienced a lot when I was drinking was like this idea of like, I'm a fun drunk Mm -hmm. and I'm not a bad drunk. Um, But it still created this like inner turmoil for me. It never felt good. It always had me ashamed and regretful. And so that's why I like to share that side of my story. It's not something that I'm super proud of, but I do think it's something that can open a lot of people's eyes to to what it's like to be in this gray area of drinking.
0: Well, I think that it's because it's so vulnerable. I think yeah. that, yeah, that right there, you know, um, is connects with so many people because I'm, listen, I lost my virginity in a blackout. I moved from the state of New York to Detroit, Michigan in a blackout. Blackout drinking, ruin my life you know blackout drinking like i the fact that i can't remember my uh i guess probably from 18 until 21 that's very scary you know there's only pieces that i can put together and i know that like inner gut disgusting feeling when we think about it but your ability to share it so candidly quite obviously you know, showcases that and and connects with so many people. You know, I always say, because I I own a a media company, I I tell people like, it doesn't matter what you think is the right way to make something go viral or blah, blah, blah. It's what the market is going to dictate. And the market says, yes, Haley, (laughs) we want more vulnerability. That's what we want. That's what we need in Mm -hmm. order to to get somebody to come to your Instagram page or come to your podcast to make them understand that they're not alone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of starts to raise those questions in people's head. And even if it, even if it doesn't raise those questions in people's head, like I got so many new people coming to follow my page after sharing that video. And I just thought it was so interesting because it's kind of this introduction to like, You can live your life without alcohol. Blacking out doesn't have to be the sign of a good time. You can maintain your social life without drinking. So I definitely take those opportunities to kind of bring new people in who who are where I was.
0: Yeah, because there's so much shame surrounding alcohol and drinking and blacking out that all it takes, you know, there's a reason I often say this, why the Me Too movement actually worked. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I get it. You know, and I, I felt such compassion when I saw that just a quick little insight into your life of like, wow, that must've taken a lot to do that and look at what it's done for mm-hmm. others, you know? So bravo. All right. So I have to now ask about your husband. So he, what should I assume that he's a normie? One of the, those people that could just drink like my husband and uh, not black out on their wedding night.
1: Yeah. I mean, You know, I feel like it's interesting because my husband's relationship with alcohol, since I've known him, when he was single, before we were together, he was definitely like going out, getting super drunk, that kind of thing. But since I've known him, he's always been a take it or leave it drinker. And even when we'd go out to dinner or on vacations, he would make the choice not to drink. He was always the one that was like, no, I'll take a soda instead. And Mm. I mean, I never really understood it. I could never connect with it. And there were times where I definitely tried to peer pressure him into drinking to, to make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I've seen him drunk maybe three times in the almost 10 years that I've known him, but yeah, he's definitely a take it or leave it drinker. And, you know, I mentioned he kind of got peer pressured into drinking on the golf course yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I haven't even drank in like, since the beginning of COVID, you know? So yeah, it's not like we have a ton of alcohol in the house. It's not like he's drinking when we go out. It's definitely just on occasion.
0: Right. And, um, so what's so funny to, to hear those, I remember thinking, and I shared this with Jenna, um, Delulio, when we were doing the show, I, I said that, um, I was so worried about, um, not being able to drink at my wedding. Now I was, I was 21, Haley. So I I wasn't even dating anybody at the time. And, um, but there was such this um, grandiosity in my mind about that day. And what was I going to say ever as a young person, if somebody asked me if why I wasn't drinking and I have learned over the years that, you know, um, I don't drink is actually a complete statement, but not always what people tend, they think that they have to make an excuse or like I'm fasting or You know, I like to tell people I break out in handcuffs. (laughs) I love that one. Just to shut it down, right? It's certainly not my original thought. But um, yeah, so it's fascinating. So let me hear a little bit about your podcast because you host it with a friend of yours that has an autoimmune disease. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So, me and my best friend, Jessica, we host our podcast, which is called Social Soul Podcast. And So I share a lot about quitting drinking and navigating your life alcohol free, but that kind of ties in with my best friend's chronic illness as well. She has chronic Lyme disease, as well as a few other like mast cell activation syndrome and a few other things. And that definitely impacts her ability to drink like normal. Uh, So we kind of talk about her chronic illness. We talk about navigating life alcohol free. And also just kind of normal conversations that her and I have as just two best friends and the things that we've been through throughout our life. So that's what the podcast is about. And yeah, we love it. Well, it's great.
0: And it's also um, very informative if anybody is thinking about going down this route of doing social media and talking about it. You guys give some tips, you yep. know, even about like how to do a podcast and an Anchor, because I'm also a huge fan of Anchor. It's
1: yeah, like it makes podcast. It yeah. makes podcasting just so much easier.
0: Oh, it's such a gift. I've had so many people, has anybody ever said to you, the thing about Anchor is that you don't own your own stuff and that's why people don't use it. It makes no sense to me because it's not true.
1: Yeah. I've never heard that.
0: Yeah. Well, you will.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you will down the line because I have said, there's no way in the world I could have ever I have two businesses, you know, a family, the whole thing. And, and had like a podcast studio with the right equipment, you know, like you all just witnessed my microphone fall down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then
1: <laughs> I remember trying to figure out like, how do you upload your podcast on the Apple podcasts or to Spotify? And it's so yeah. nice because anchor does all of that for us.
0: It does. It's yeah. like magic. And now it's owned by Spotify. So mm-hmm. to all of you that decided not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Haley, let's just, before we wrap up today, let's give some people some resources. Like how, if say, you know, if you could go back and if you had this magic wand of like what somebody could do if they were struggling or thinking that they might have an issue, like how did you end up finding that Facebook group and what tips would you offer today to somebody that is sober curious?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the way that I came across this Facebook group was very serendipitous and I was I just knew that I had been led to this person's Instagram page. I had gone to an event uh, the night before and went out drinking that night. And then the next day when I was hungover, I was looking at other people who had attended this book tour event with a podcaster named Lori Harder. And that's when I came across Amanda Kuda's Instagram and a post that she put up just spoke to me in that moment when I was hungover. So I definitely think that just really getting started with the idea of self-development, reading books, listening to podcasts, even if they're not geared towards alcohol-free living, that can definitely be kind of an entrance to this idea of improving your life and making making some changes. So that was definitely the introduction for me. But I think that hashtags on social media um, and reels now are such a great way to kind of find other people who. Who are sober curious or are in recovery or sharing about resources and tips. So social media is a huge place to connect, but I would also suggest, um, maybe picking up the book this naked bind by Annie Grace. That book is such a great introduction to the idea of giving up alcohol and kind of uncovering all of these myths and reasons that we think that we need to drink. So I would definitely say picking up that book and then I always I, if I could go back to the beginning of when I quit drinking, the one thing I wish I would have done differently is I wish I would have journaled. I wish mm. I would have wrote down these things that I was struggling with and these things that I was going through to kind of just dive deeper into it. So that's also something that I would suggest, whether you get a guided journal or you just fill in a blank journal with how you're feeling, that is something that I wish that I would have done from the beginning. That's
0: great, great advice. Oh my goodness, Haley. When I moved here, I moved to Florida from New York 17 years ago. And I had, um, one of my chapters in my book is called, My Boyfriend Had a Girlfriend. And because it was true. And I wrote a journal every day of what I felt, and I can't find the journal. I know it would be like a gold mine today. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I would do to find that journal. I know exactly what it looks like. So, with that said, don't you also feel good that you have documented the journey that you're on now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely nice looking back on social media and kind of seeing some of those things that I went through in the early days. Even looking at my Instagram stories archives has been very interesting to me because I can see what those early days of sobriety looked like, who I was spending my time with, the things that I was doing. Yeah, it's great to look back and reflect on those things.
0: Yeah, documenting is such an important thing. So just because I lost my journal, I would recommend that I think journaling is great. I also think doing it digitally somehow Mm -hmm. is is a good idea in case you lose it like I did. Um, But I I really appreciate all of those tips. And um, we're going to have those in the show notes, because I think that having resources, um, everybody's going to go through this journey different, no matter what, whether you decide to join a group, get a sober coach, go to 12-step recovery. It doesn't actually matter right here I think we both believe that as long as you are reaching out and, and understanding that the community is really your greatest asset your community, whatever, whether it's online or in person. Um, community is everything it's to me, um, I will recommend a book since we're book dropping, I will recommend the book Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Um, I've listened to it because I listen to all mine on Audible a hundred times and recommend it to so many people because it's really about um, community and trauma and um, depression and addiction. It's really such a wonderful um, researched book about how we now understand so much more than we once did about how one can navigate through the broken road to mental health. Yes. I I like how i tied that in Haley and like how I wrapped that in there. (laughs) Wrapped it up nicely. (laughs) Well, Haley, I really appreciate what you're doing. First and foremost, I I know that you're helping so many. I hope you continue that on your journey. We all need you here, especially showing a young woman such as yourself. I know that you might like you're 29. You're probably like, oh my God, I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be 50 soon. So um, it's wonderful. And there goes the mic again, which is a sure sign that we should wrap it up, Haley. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Haley. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. TIE Technology. Check them out.